Good morning, this is Sister Lisa coming to you from the ILL, the Edwina Elder Library. And today, before we begin, I'd like to say, God bless America. Today is the 4th of July, and I know that sometimes it's so easy for us to just see all the trouble and the, the strange things happening in the world. And that's true, there are a lot of those things. And we need to pray more than ever before. We need to intercede, have intercessory prayer for our leaders and for those in um, high places in our government and in our schools and in our in our churches and in our homes and uh, just all around us. We need to pray for our children and we need to pray that God keep his hand and a hedge around them and that they learn uh, the things of God. In this world, in this day of technology, there's so much stuff out there and um, just pray that they don't get a hold of the wrong things or be taught the wrong things, but that they learn about the goodness of Jesus. That is my cry of my heart. Lord, protect our children. Lord, I pray, God, that we be the leaders and examples for them to train them in the way they should go. So when they're old, they will not depart from it. That's more important than all the beautiful fireworks and all the fun they can have swimming in the pools and the lakes and the joys of summer and the joys of childhood. Those things, you know, um, we need to teach them to enjoy each and every day, that every day is a gift from God. That's why we call it the present. And to enjoy the beauty of the trees and the mountains and the, and the lakes and the fields and the valleys and all the different nature things that God prepared and created for man to enjoy and to tend, to care for, to learn how to find a trade, to know how to grow something from seed, uh, or to um, to harvest something, to teach them little, that you know that life's, what we do each little individual life is important, and together make up our world, make up um, our future. Our future is in the hands of these little boys and girls growing up. And we need to train them right in the ways of God. So that's the cry of my heart. So I wanted to say that first. Well, um, we're going through a book called Life After Grief, Choosing the Path to Healing by Rebecca Hayford Bauer. And we're on page 145, the bottom of the page. The application, setting perimeters. Rebecca says, Early in my journey, I noticed an interesting phenomenon. People would purposely avoid talking about Scott. And if I brought him up, they would change the subject. I think they were trying to avoid a topic they assumed was painful for me. In actuality, however, remembering Scott was never painful for me. The fact that he was gone, of course, a whole nother issue. This is one of the things that I spoke with a counselor about. I didn't know what to do when the people around me were clearly uncomfortable with my new situation in life. The counselor told me that I was going to have to be the one who set the perimeters for what was okay to talk about. I needed to help people be comfortable with me, let them know what my current interests were, and tell them what the Lord was doing in my life. They knew how to relate to me the way my life was before, but they were unsure now. To be honest, I was unsure too. I was trying to figure out what my new life was going to look like. I still felt a little fragile. I was also a bit in disbelief that I had to be the one to do this. After all, I was the one whose life had just been turned upside down. Now I had to do this too? The answer to that was yes, because you're the only one who knows what you can handle. 
Sometimes setting the perimeters required that I cancel something. There were times I would commit to something, but when it arrived, I just knew I didn't have the fortitude to do it. So I did cancel a few appointments. Until you're out of emotional intensive care, this is the way it will have to be. As you get healed and strong, this will no longer be an issue for you. As I evaluated the situations I was running into, I developed ways to deal with each one. I would plan things to talk about with certain individuals on a certain situation. If a situation that was uncomfortable for me happened more than once, I would pre-think a plan for the next time. The people closest to me, I couldn't simply tell, this is okay, this is not okay. Because they were familiar with my everyday life and the things I was facing right then, they were able to hear and respond to specifics. <clears throat> I'm just reading words. It's not really making much sense to me because I don't, I don't know if it applies to me at this point in my life, but maybe it does if I keep reading. Some people would only talk to me about indirect issues of my life. By that I mean that they would not ask me how I was, but rather how my children were. They would ask when one of my kids was graduating, but would not talk to me about my job. They would ask about my grandchildren, but not about anything regarding my future. In other words, they were comfortably asking about things that would be of interest to me, but they were not comfortable asking about my personal life. With people who reacted this way again, I pre-planned. If I knew they would ask me about my grandkids, I would also be ready with a piece of personal information. I was trying to help define for them what was and was not okay to talk about. While some people asked questions that may have been too personal, others avoided making conversation. Other people needed reassurance that I still cared about them and wanted them in my life. I didn't just love them because I had been the pastor's wife and it was part of the job. I loved them for them. So sometimes I would just walk around the sanctuary before or after a service and hug people. We were all on this journey together. And I wanted them to know how much I appreciated and needed their presence. Initially, though, I needed to keep these encounters brief. I set that perimeter because I was the only one who would define how much time I was ready to spend interacting with people. If I had to go to an event by myself, I would have a mental list of things to talk about with people. If these were people I rarely saw, I wanted to give them the most positive answer to how God was walking me through my circumstance. There were also perimeters I had set with regard that I would not allow in my life. Remember, Rebecca was a pastor's wife. Scott, her husband, passed away. And she really felt like a fish out of water because here she had been the pastor's wife. And all of a sudden, now she wasn't. I mean, she was still her, but her husband, who was the pastor, was no longer alive. And so that left her. <laughs> that left her in the situation. And I know um, with me, one of my advantages, I guess you could say that, was that my husband and I had our home missions, missionary work, online, online service. And um, I did most of the, the talking. I, I ran it pretty much because he didn't, he really didn't know that much about computers, wasn't interested in um, being on video. In fact, all the songs and stuff, he always tried to stay out of the picture. Um, I'd have to just... Um, be recording the back wall or something like that or he might be a little bit in it like his arm or something <laughs> but he did not like to be in the pictures at first when we first started he did but then he saw pictures and said ah, I look so fat <laughs> he didn't like the way he looked and so he didn't want to be on the camera but anyway um, you know but I it's true and so even with him gone 
I still run the devotional because that part was me and um, I could still do that. But some of that was an actual, had actual congregation. Some of that had to be there. You know, um, I post mine on his face, on my husband's Facebook page and on my Facebook page. Um, we do, a, I do a live on, um, on both phones. And um, so we had a lot of the same friends, but we had, there were some that's different. And I go back and I see, I could see who viewed, viewed some of it. Or some I, sometimes I see where people are watching this live or watching me live on our phones. And I see that some of it's his family and some's my family and some's his friends, co-workers. Um, and some is my friends and co-workers and those kind of things. It's like, so it wasn't a con- congregation per se, but it's friends. People that st- loved him and loved me and cared about us. And that we cared about them, you know, and still do, still care for all of them. So it's a little bit different. It is a little bit different, but it, I, I had, I'm glad that the Lord opened that door for me. And that, and so far He hasn't shut that door. Uh, and I, I still believe that part of my mission in life is to continue that. It's um, the Hazelwood USA. It's my devotion on Sundays and our YouTube channel, Mark and Lisa Peter, Hazelwood, USA. Excuse me. <clears throat> Had a little catch in my throat. But that is one thing, you know. It's like you never know who you might touch. You never know who you might reach out to. So that's a little bit different than what she went through. She said, if this went on, I would not commit to a lunch or other extended visit. Rather, I would communicate via email or schedule appointment. I was not being unkind. I was simply recognizing that I was emotional intensive care. I wasn't forever. As my life became more defined and I became emotionally stronger, I didn't have the need to do this. Very rarely I got blunt and just asked someone to stop something. For example, one time a woman got very aggressive with me over the fact that she thought I should be dating. I actually did not disagree with her, but neither was this something I could just make happen. God opens that door in his own time. She wasn't happy with that answer, however, and she kept pushing on the topic. I finally told her that I needed her to stop. I said, I'm going to ask you to stop now. I don't disagree with you, but there is nothing to be done here except pray. I would appreciate your prayers about this, but I need to not talk about it anymore. It is hard to set perimeters around your life. It's hard to be this full with people. I recently spoke with a woman who had major surgery that The people surrounding her were so desirous of helping her that they were actually wearing her out. At her current state, she still needed more time to sleep and rest. I encouraged her with the same words the counselor had shared with me. You have to be the one to set the perimeters because you are the only one who knows what you need and what you can handle. And that's um, page 149. And that's true. We um, we need to... um, we need to press ourselves to realize that, you know, the past is the past. We can't go back. We can't go back and to change anything because what has happened happened. But we need to look back into the past and see the Lord has been there all the time. The Lord put me and my husband together, gave us three beautiful daughters, and now we have six and seven. We've got one on the way. We've got seven grandchildren. God, the Lord keeps on blessing, and it's because of our love, our union, and then expansion, and over a period of time, 
So each of it is still part of him. My husband, even though he's gone, still is very much part of my life. And I thank God for that. Yesterday I was looking through photographs and it's like, it's like, man, um, it's like some things you remember and some things like I don't even, even with the pictures, like I don't remember that event because life happens so fast. Life goes so fast. And if you're a photographer, if you're one that takes pictures, take the time to write on the back, if you've got printed ones, write on the back the names of who it is and the date and maybe a little bit about what you were doing because it's true that it all just kind of blurs. It all just kind of like life, um, it is so, you have the good moments and the bad moments. You like some of your hair, some pictures you're going to look awful in, but some, there's going to be some you're going to look good in. And, and I know we all would like to look good in every photograph, but it's not going to happen. But even the ones that you don't look good in, be in that picture anyway. Be in that picture anyway, because when it, when it is your time to go, your family's going to be glad to have those moments. It's not what you look like, but the fact that you were present, the fact that you were there, that you were available, that you were accessible, and that you're there for each other. It's not about you. Selfies are selfish, but include, include others, include, share, be, be that light in the night, faith over fear, go with God, be, be that example, that ambassador. So today as we point others to Christ, remember Jesus is coming soon. Let's be ready. Let's pray for one another. God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye.